Blog Talk Radio. I've always felt different. I've always seen things. But when I tried to express them as a child, I was always told to ignore it. There were people that I didn't know that came to me and said, I have this message that I keep getting that I have to deliver to you. All of a sudden, out of the shadows, a homeless man just jumped right in front of me. And he said, I'm a soul just like you. I love it. I wanted to understand the universe and who and what we are and what are we doing here. Well, we're all part of this amazing soul wave tapping into each other. This was a major life changer. You are a light. You have helped me a ton. Thank you. You've given me the courage to live more from my soul. Millions of people are awakening. So wake up with Michelle Miche. Be pleased to hear the best-selling authors and experts in the fields of cutting-edge self-help, personal growth, metaphysics, and spirituality. The soul path of awakening. Understand what living awake is. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Awakening. So great to be here. Uh, if you're new to the program, great to have you here. And if you've subscribed and you're returning or part of our soul tribe here. Um, always great to connect with you all. Uh, thank you all that are have been leaving your amazing appreciation feedback on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and other places, random places where I find it. Hello, Tammy. Welcome, everyone, in the chat. Sue and Athena, good to hear from you. Good to see you. Um, yeah, so if you um, are calling in by phone, that's great. But if you have a question or a comment um, and you want to get on air, that number is 347-539-5122. That's 347-539-5122. And, of course, press 1 on the keypad. Uh, so we have a great guest today coming on in the second half of the program for our Awakening Dialogue. Uh Dr. Tara Swart, MD and PhD. She's a neuroscientist, psychiatrist, and senior lecturer at MIT Sloan School of Management. We're going to be talking about her most recent book, which I'm holding in my hand, by the way, called The Source, The Secrets of the Universe and the Science of the Brain. Um, You guys, it's really good. It's not too heady. I mean, it's just like packed with stuff, uh, bringing the scientific aspect um, you know, into the, the mix. So anyway, we'll be diving into that. She comes on at the second half of the program, so you definitely want to stick around for that. Um, of course, as you as always, if you have a question or a comment, you want to get a reading, please do. And again, that number is 347-539-5122 and press 1 on your keypad that lets me know you want to get on air. I have started back up with my YouTube videos on Soul Insights with Michelle Mache on YouTube, and I'm absolutely so excited to be marinating in the subtle energy of the all that is in our cosmic interconnectedness, picking up the vibes, forecasting, predicting. I've been getting a lot of great feedback from people, so you may want to check that out as well as um, – my blog, soulplayground.life, if you're looking for resources. Um, and I mentioned this, a great resource also is the Awakenings page on Facebook as well. A lot of good insights and information there, and just great to connect. Um, the YouTube, I, I'm doing a weekly Soul Insights where I'm tuning into the energies for the week. We'll talk a little bit about that. How's everybody's week going with Mercury Retrograde and Scorpio? Um, Mercury and Scorpio, 
I do believe Venus has gone into Sag, but I think there's something as Mars might be in Scorpio. I know there was four or five um, planets in Scorpio all opposing Uranus and Taurus. So for sure, look out for um, not only things unexpected or getting to the depth or the deep of matters of what's going on in your life, um, things being dredged up, people from the past coming back up, but also things to do with electricity, okay, with water, oil, minerals, the earth, uh, getting to the bottom of things, the truth of the matter, but also electrical stuff. And I know where I'm living, we've had some electrical issues. And in California, people have been evacuated due to, or they've had to leave because their electricity has been off anywhere from three days to 10 days. Um, I know I got evacuated from the mountain, uh, so I was staying by the beach the other, about a week ago, I guess. And now I'm back on the mountaintop, so let's hope that the the Wi-Fi holds up. <laughs> anyway, good day in the chat. Hello, Bob. Good day uh, to everyone. Angie, good to see the chat there. So I do want to touch on, because I did have some people, and we're definitely going to get the callers. Um, let me know how you're doing. Keep connected. I just love, I just, I love the engaging, the interaction, the chit-chat, you guys, really, in the comments, in, you know, in the chat room, on YouTube. It's just great to see so many people just really consciously on a path and really moving forward. Now, in, in saying that, some people have been saying, especially for the earth signs, if you've really been feeling stuck, right now a lot of the movement is inward. It's an inner movement and a fortification. And think of it this way. You you know, our life kind of has boundaries. It becomes like kind of a box, you know, and sometimes the box becomes too small. It becomes too tight or too limited, in which case then we're, it's about time to expand. So many of you are going through this kind of expansion phase. However, and I know this is like so, because I'm right there with you, it can be very challenging to, on the PC way to say it, to struggling. It can feel like a struggle. It can feel like being held back. It can be, it can be very difficult when you're wanting to get things going and it starts, stop, start, stop, or it's, it's not going in in a what we would what people characterize as flow but if anybody saw my insta post today my instagram post insta story and on facebook one thing that really helped me a long time ago is realizing that everything is a flow there's just different types of flow so if you can learn especially this month if you could put some practice to this if you can learn to adjust to the flow that you're in See, a lot of times we're looking for, um, hey, Crystal, in the chat. A lot of times people, are, they think, and especially, when, again, it's more the newbies, I would say. And, and I had this at the beginning on my path at one point. You're doing a lot of meditation. You're doing a lot of classes and workshops. And so we get this idea that the flow or flow state is something peaceful, where things are outer, outer, when things are running smoothly, we call it a flow, like I'm in a flow now. 
But the truth of the matter is everything is a flow of energy. Everything is a circuit of energy. So if you, if you, or, you know, you could even look at water, a flow of water, right? If you, if you twist the hose, you know, maybe not a lot of water is going to come out, but in one area, maybe more water comes out, right? And the whole idea as energetic beings is, Crystal Bowles, hey, 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 <laughs> just thinking that, reading my mind. The whole idea is to align to the flow of what is and have a peace and calm and centeredness inside of that. So it's not to change the flow. And actually, you know, and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago and I did a blog post on this or a post on Instagram and Facebook about how I had been caught in a riptide at one point years and years ago. Thank God only once. And I remembered the wise words of a surfer, a friend of mine who surfed, a surfer, had said, you know, jokingly, if you ever get caught in a riptide, do not go against the flow. Don't try to swim back to shore. You'll be pulled under and, you know, that you have to go with the flow of the riptide. And then what happens is in the flow of the riptide, at one point, I don't know, it eddies, there's like a pause. And in that pause, then you start swimming away from it. I don't even want to say against it. You swim away from it in the pause. And I feel that's what so many are right now are learning because there's some part of us that's, you know, the, the, the transcendent of the transpersonal beyond the little self, the little self-identification that is the, in the flow of the universe. And you could say it's the Tao, right? It's, it's as above as so below. That's why that's a metaphysical maxim that there is this greater flow, whether it's choppy, whether it's fast, whether it's fast and slow, whether it's really slow, where nothing seems to be moving on the surface of your life, that it's, it's, it's moving underneath it all. You know, however you want to put that, however you want to term it, the idea is to align to that and then find those pockets right? Those pockets will appear and that's where you can make your influence felt or that's where you can generate enough energy, maybe through insight, inspiration, deeper understanding, where you can then generate the way to, to start harnessing that energy. So one of the things that we find, and again, you're going to really see this this month, what happens is a lot of times is people try to go against the flow or change the flow. They resist. What we resist persists, right? So the idea is to go with it. It doesn't mean that you have to, enjoy, you know, you may enjoy it. You may say, oh, this is kind of interesting that I have this going on right now. But the idea is to learn from it because there's the, your flow, your flow, whether you like it or not, is created by the transpersonal aspect of you, the I am that I am, the God, the, the higher self, coming from the soul. So in a way, what can also help you is to recognize that you're not a, a body with a soul, but you're a soul with a body. And the soul extending out, your soul is the blueprint. It's your individuality. It's taking that cosmic, universal, or energy of the all that is of God the totality of all creation. And then it morphs into a pattern. That's your soul. And then that pattern gets played out or experienced or expressed on the earth plane with all that's inherent in that pattern. 
So if you are having certain flows, whether we like it or not, on an ego level, they are coming from source energy, coming through the, the blueprint, you could even say t- design of your soul. So here's an example. Because right now I'm looking right outside in the beautiful trees. Um, so if I'm, it's like a prison, right? So the light, which we could say is source energies or God or the all that is, the prism is, is the soul, is the design. So that light, that undifferentiated light, spiritual energy, spirit, the first form that it begins to take vibrationally creates the soul, and then the soul is that design. That's actually a physical manifestation, and it manifests into denser physical reality through our physical body, our lights, our dislike, our life. Okay? But it comes from this design, which is, you could call it a prism. That would be an analogy or like uh, tracing paper, right? You've got the, what you're tracing. You've got the, uh, I can't think of the word, but so it's coming through this design. So the thing is, is to, to get to as, as close to the design as you can. That's the whole idea. How can you get closer to your design? And that's what a lot of this awakening and ascending is about, is, is awakening to your true nature, your design, and living that more and more. And in many ways, in the old paradigm, we were living more away from the design. There was this interesting molding. And so this is why, for many of you, you're feeling like, oh, I'm in this free form time. There's not a lot of certainty. Now, mind you, there's not a lot of certainty in general right now on the planet. Because not only the game's changing, but the form that experience and expression comes through. When I say experience and expression, I mean source energies. So when the game changes, the forms that we play with or, how it, or the forms in which it you know, congeals and creates through and comes through has to change. So that's why... I've been talking about a lot about transmutation and in the, my YouTube video for this week was a lot of you are going to be feeling this transmutation. Your energy is changing. You don't feel the same in your skin. Maybe you don't feel as comfortable or you're finding some other way feels more comfortable. So your energy is changing. The transmutation is creating the transformation, change of form, which could be your body, how you think, definitely our beliefs are changing and how we experience. And Crystal Bowles Gretna in the chat is saying free form. I feel free fall. Yes, well, that's it. So the free fall, yes, is because the form has been broken up enough. Really good point. So the form have been broken up through the transmutation of energy, right? It's like, it's like clay. If I'm spirit, and I'm molding the clay into a ball, but now I start molding it into a, a, a square shape, right, a block, then that form changes. But while it's changing, while we're being remolded, we're free-falling. And there's nothing really to hold on to but your own inner knowing, your intuition, your inner GPS, your, your finding your true north. Because... The mental constructs, the conditioned response patterns, 
the patterns of the old paradigm in relating are broken up enough that they're no longer working. Not only are no longer they're no longer satisfying, but they also don't work because the push is for to be completely in the present, so that you're relying on the higher self. You're relying on the nudges or messages from spirit. You're living more and more in the meditative state. So it's quite a profound time. And this week you will feel that a lot more. This whole month you will. And if you look at the 1111 uh, gateway that we have next week, which I have another video will be coming out about that, that the intensification of energy that's coming through is causing more of not only an opening to these higher frequencies energies, but imbibing them, embodying them. So literally drinking them up so that our, our energetic body and our denser physical body is filled more with this. And so I love what you said, Crystal Bowles, written in the chat. It is this free fall because we can't, the guardrails have been moved, so to speak, right? The, the, the guardrails are moved. What, what we believed to be true before is proving not to be true now. That doesn't mean it wasn't true in the past, which is that's why we have to be very aware not to get into a lot of judgment. Um, you know, those of you that are just new, I, last week we, I talked about this on my blog post, and then we had, we had the two guys with the dating lab, Our Love, based on your soul signature. Um, pretty amazing, pretty fun to, to play around with that. But again, it's even words like toxic. We can't like, oh, what's toxic? Are you in a toxic relationship? We really have to reframe that because it, it's something, because, you know, honestly, we can look back, you know, what's that saying? Hindsight is twenty twenty, maybe even more. <laughs> I put that last bit. It's coming from wounding. So it, it, you may just feel like, something doesn't feel right or this doesn't suit me anymore or this isn't as expansive as I want to be or need to be or my life isn't as expansive or I need to breathe more, breathe more deeply or this isn't fun anymore. Because trust me, any of you that have been in like codependent relationships, quote unquote, or toxic kind of quote unquote relationships, you're in there. You're in there for the learning. Like, yo, this is my soulmate, my twin soul, my twin flame. I'm learning. I'm going through this. So that for some people, that is very relevant, and, and, it's, and there is some soul experience that's happening. So there is some spiritual growth, some healing, some empowerment. And this is the one thing I also want to share. It's not so much, and I don't know yet what the, the language is going to be. It's not so much that your soul is growing. It's like, that's like saying it's spirit is growing or God. Everything is contained. The answers, the questions, the do's, the don't, everything is contained within infinite source energies. But there is this evolution, this, in a sense, growth of God by, by playing out these questions and answers, you know, through different forms, different scenarios. And I don't know that it's so much, definitely on a human level, there's human lessons, there's learning lessons and, you know, healing and empowerment. That's, that's part of like the soul incarnate. 
but when we tap more into our soul, our soul is undifferentiated energy. The answers are, it's already complete. So it's not so much that our soul is learning or we're having soul learning lessons. What we're doing is learning enough and healing enough on the earth plane, on the human level, to allow more of our soul to come through. Right? Because here's an example. Like if you would say, and I get this all the time as a psychic meeting in a channel, when I'll, I'll work with people that are on the other side and, the, you know, maybe, the, they're, maybe, maybe it's the children or spouse, somebody, let's say I'm channeling for them. And, and what will come through sometimes, they'll, they'll give a scenario that only the, the people I'm channeling for would know. So, you know, I don't know what I, anything about them. So they'll be, oh, my God, that's so true. And, and then a lot of times they'll say they're sorry or I really love you. Or, I'm glad you see you're doing well. And then the people that I'm cha- you know, channeling for will be like, oh, that doesn't sound – well, they didn't like me or they were a bitch or they were this or that. And I'm like, they may have a cutting. Like sometimes I'll channel people that are very cutting or they have very few words. Like sometimes I'll channel – it's funny it, – it, maybe husband and wife or mother and father that are on the other side. And maybe one of them is very chatty and takes over the conversation. And the person I'm channeling for will say, oh, well, that's how they were in real life. And then the other person maybe doesn't say very many words. So that personality aspect and the holographic, you know, uh, design of it will remain to, to tap into. But on this, when you're getting, unless it's like, lower level entities um but when people cross over they don't hold on to the there is no good or bad or i hate you and i'm angry that, that that's gone um i had an interesting story i want to share with you because it fits in with this years ago i did a session for someone and it was very strange because the woman i'm her name was barbara kept saying she was very apologetic and she was literally saying, and I won't say the person's name just in case they're listening, but uh, let's say the person's name is Charlie. Okay. Let's say the, the, the son that I was channeling for, please tell Charlie to, I made a mistake to help his sister out to, to, to give her, to help her. And she was adamant, you know, and what happened was before I had the channeling session with him, she was already coming through. She had just crossed. I felt her crossing over. And she kept talking about her daughter, his sister, to do the right thing and to help her. And she, I made a mistake. She kept saying, I made a mistake and I'm sorry. He needs to help her. Or he needs to give something to her. She kept over and over and over and over. And when I did the session with him, it turned out, because I said this, I said, I don't know what this means, but you have to make this right. She's really like, I made a mistake. This was out of anger. I made a mistake. You need to help her you need to give you need to do what's right you need to give which i don't know that he did actually what it was is that the mother had disinherited the daughter they had been fighting her anger for a long period of time and she gave everything to the son and that he told me that and i said well i'm just saying from the other side she's saying you need to give her some money you need to help her out and I don't know if he did or not. I don't remember, but I don't think he did. But let's hope that he did something because the mother. So that's what I'm trying to say. So on this dimension, on the earth plane, 
whatever was going on, I don't remember the whole story, but they'd been fighting or not getting along for many years. And as spite, she disinherited her. Now, here she is on the other side looking over the big picture and realizing what she did was not right. So, again, once we cross over, there's all this other stuff just goes. The wound, it's a different game. You know, you're in that oneness, the, 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 the love that you are, that you come from, that cohesiveness, you're in that. And whatever questions or challenges, that's all been answered. It's been laid to rest. And of course, even if the son didn't do the right thing, the mother is not going to hold on to it and be mad. She just, that's the message. That's the communication. Like, I see what I did now that I expanded out of my body and all that that entails on the earth plane, the lessons of, of, of forgiveness. So if we, don't, if we don't learn that as we're moving on, you know, in the Tibetan Book of the Dead, it's the Bardo realm. As we move beyond these realms, we have residue of that. It hangs with us as a potential, as a possibility to have cohesiveness. Because what is that forgiveness? It's just completing. It's wholeness. It's cohesiveness. When I forgive, the cycle is complete. You know, whether I, to what degree it doesn't matter, you know, and forgiving doesn't mean forgetting or not being in the pain of something. But it is that full circle, which sometimes is very hard to do in our human body mind system in our human experience, you know, due to wounding and holding on. And we have a lot of ideas about what it means when people have hurt us. There's a lot of stories around what that means, why they did it to us and what that means. But those stories don't remain in the spirit realm. They're astral and, you know, mental, emotional stories. Because once, as you expand more or ascend more into the, into the center you're not playing out the extremes. Of, you can see both sides. And we do see people, some people are very gifted with that, with, it, with a compassion for themselves as well as the other person. All right, so let's get to callers. I hope that helped a bit. With I have some questions about what to expect for the energies. If you want more information on that, you can go to my blog, soulplayground.life, or my YouTube channel. I did a video for these energies. And I'd like to do because it's like you can work with the energy, the energetic flow of what is, and then see what, is that, what does that mean for you? What does that bring up for you? It's kind of a fun thing that we're doing on the human dimension here. Tammy, thank you. Thanks for that. Makes a lot of sense, right? And what a perfect time to do that for Scorpio because Scorpio, as a sign, rules surgeons extracting or cutting things out as, as ruled by, I believe it's Pluto for sure, and Mars, I believe, is the secondary ruler. It's about cutting to the core and getting to the core of the matter, getting to the depth of what really matters, what's really going on, what really helps me, what really supports me. It's about building rapport. Scorpio does not like glossing over, you know, but it's about being real. It's like a friend and I were talking about someone. I'm like, I still have a lot of love for this person, our heart connection, but I see their stuff now. So just one last parting thing before we get to callers. Just because we see someone's stuff, someone's limitation, someone's wounding, or, you know, let's say put it in psychological terms, we see somebody's borderline with those symptoms, uh, you know, narcissist. You know, we see it doesn't mean we feel less or think less about them. It's, it's a boundary. It's, it's a reality. It's, it's accepting what is. 
will know more your motivate their motivations and also for yourself when you're seeing this kind of stuff for yourself you will know more of your motivations of why you did something and that's very scorpionic scorpio wants to know what's your motivation what's your intention let's get to the to the depth to the bottom of it let's get you know and let's do something with that let's use it in some way some form or fashion you know in many ways scorpio is the great um recycler you know or repurposer it's like let's do something with this it's just like information doesn't have to be extraneous yes having that experience too at the moment okay tammy see yeah so you know it it takes a lot to be able to know someone and in that acceptance i even had a great friend of mine that said once um and i've seen some things that they've done quite negative but they've also done and very hurtful very very damaging and hurtful but also they have a very beautiful side but i just know how much i can do with them or tell them or how much i could depend and even at one point they said I'm an oh I because we're talking about narcissism and you know if you're usually a healer light worker start you you have your fair share of, you know just fits in with the old patterning to attract you know more narcissists or borderline or you know or enable you have to learn the difference between helping rather than enabling and codependent you know so anyway and he said yeah you have a lot of you know the narcissists around he goes and even me I'm a narcissist I consider myself a narcissist and I said yeah. But that, again, that's where we're going until we cannot X them out, whether it's the small traits of that within us, not Xing ourselves out, or those that are around us, but being real. I always say, are you going to give an eight-year-old the keys to your car to drive? Well, maybe some, maybe some, <laughs> or 11-year-old, but most not. So I do feel what's this month, kicks off a deeper level of it's really accepting what is whether it's within ourselves or with others and understanding that emotions feelings are complex it's possible to have a multitude of feelings or ideas about a person or a situation or a relationship and we cannot no longer characterize it as all good or all bad you know they're toxic x them out well they may be displaying that kind of behavior, but they can soften it, they can change it, they can turn it around or not. But then you you look at what is, and that's what I feel like this, you know, uh, especially when we get to the also, well, the, the new moon and the, the full moon in Sag is going to lighten things up, bringing in that awareness of, or new moon and Sag, the newness of like, well, what do you do now with these new eyes, these new ways of seeing, these new ways of looking at things with this belief, right? What what do we do with it now? You know, with the full moon and Taurus, you know, how do we embody this? That's the thing. Ah, okay, here we go, Angie in the chat. Yes, I released my first ex a couple nights ago to end the rehashing of our old pattern. Felt so easy and right. Yeah, that's that Scorpio energy working with you right now. It's the time. That's why I'm sharing on this right now. It's the energies are lending. You feel the Scorpio sting. You got stung. Remember, the Scorpio has the three levels. It's the scorpion living only on the earth, right, that has the stinger. And believe me, when you're stung, there's a transformation. 
right? And then it has, um, is it the eagle and then the phoenix, right? You rise like the phoenix. So something dies, something's dead. It's death and rebirth, always within Scorpio. So there are these higher octaves. There's, you know, they're in all that's in between. So for many of us, you know, something is dying and something is being reborn. And for many of you, it's going to be your thoughts, your ideas, like Angie in the chat, reframing, just somehow putting it to rest or having a, d- a deeper understanding where it doesn't matter anymore. You're not using up energy, units of energy, of thought, holding an idea, a picture, an experience in place. You're no longer whole animating your past life experience, whether this lifetime or other lifetimes or other dimensions, you're no longer holding it there. Because our memories, we have to hold our memories in place energetically. Otherwise, they dissolve or disappear. You know, when we keep revisiting them, we're, we're animating them with our life force animating energy. So many of you right now are going, oh, not animating that anymore. Oh, not animating this anymore. Boom, it's like popping bubbles, you know, or balloons. Not animating that taking my energy now and applying it different, you know? Okay, let's get to callers. Love you guys. Thank you for those those of you that um, emailed me about this. Hello, welcome to Awakenings. You're on air. Yeah, hi, Michelle. How are you? That was wonderful, what you said, your discussion. Thank you. And um, i just like to know when you see me having a good career, you know, uh, a good a good job, like a career, when that's going to take off. Okay, let me um, first give me your name. Stacy. Stacy. You've been held back for a while. But I do feel clarity <laughs> is coming in. So I feel some of it has been that you haven't been clear. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um and there seems to still be a little bit of that going on. A little bit of the clarity not there. Let's see. What can I help inter- Stacey at this time? Go ahead. Go ahead. I, inter- I, I interviewed today at a job fair, but I know it's a retrograde, but I still went out there and I interviewed. Yeah, that's good. But are you clear about what it is you want, really want to do? Yeah, and I'm, I'm, also, I'm also finishing up um, a course in human resources that's going to be finished in December. So oh, okay. I can, um, that's good. you know, yeah, because they'll ask you, what have you been doing? Because there hasn't been steady work yeah. in a while. So I also took Spanish in this. So See, I want to know when, when I feel things are, that's when I feel things are going to move more. Because I feel whatever you're interviewing for right now isn't quite it. Let's see, go to Stacey to do the draw in there the Okay, so you're doing it. Um here I gotta be honest. I feel like you're preparing. You're it's not quite there yet. I feel um this course is really going to help you. It's going to open some doors. The fact that you took this course, it's going to also change your energy and outlook. I would say between now and mid-December, really work with visualizing, seeing yourself going to work, going in the office, see yourself using all that you learned in this course, 
I feel the course is kind of, I'm hearing the linchpin. It ties it all together. Mm-hmm. And it is, yeah, there it is. I keep saying, yeah, so you are definitely getting something. I got to say, I feel more Sag time. When I ask the astrologers, I'm getting Jupiter and Aries in the first house. So you're definitely, a job is eminent. But I do feel that, um, see, it looks like the energy shifts around the 28th, the 30th of November. It's really more in the time of Sag. And they may even hire you. You're back and forth. They may even say, well, can you start like January 1st or January 15th? I do feel that whoever hires you, there's going to be like a start date. Like they're going to get it. It's not going to be immediate. It's going to be like, well, can you start da-da-da-da? Or so-and-so's leaving. Or so-and-so's going to stay a while and then train you. So mm-hmm. it's there. It's so close. It's so close, Stacey. Just hang in there. So I, close. And I, I yeah, because I'm trying, and it's just like the dilemma is there's not been any steady work, and I'm thinking, what do you put on a resume? And is somebody, you know, it's just, you know, so you see a good place like a good Listen, company. I'm gonna be- yeah, the thing is, you come from an empowered place. There's nothing wrong with having been out of the workforce for a while or even took a break to do something else or retrain. That's always a good thing to say. I took some time off to retrain. I've done this course, and I'm so inspired and ready to jump in. I love what I've learned. You need to come from that because I definitely do see a job on this coming. I definitely do. There's no doubt about it. And it's not months and months. I don't see that. Oh, thank oh, God. Keep us posted. Yeah. Okay, thank oh, you. Keep you posted. Thank you so much. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Thank you. You too. Happy Thanksgiving. Hello, Hello, welcome to the program. You're on air. Hello. Hello, Hi. Liz. This is Amla. Hello. Hi. Hi, Amla. Welcome. Hi. Hey, um, I'm really enjoying your show about the forgiveness piece. I like that. Oh, one of the comments. And then I had going have on around it, right? Yeah. Okay. I've been doing a lot of forgiveness work myself. Um, I was wondering, what do you see? For my this 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 has been back and forth with this person, um, but I think because my light has been shining so brightly, he's kind of he's scared. So this is a relationship question. Do you feel or sense him and I getting back together again, or is it pretty much moving on? Mhm. Let's see. Okay. Hold on. I had to do something. We had a little lower. Little trick or treaty, low vibrational energy. In <laughs> okay, hold on. Sorry about that, guys. I don't know how to get back in. Okay, ignore. All right. Ah, so much could be going on in life, and then you get these little things. Okay, there we go. Ah, look at this. All right, let me just disappear it. All right, there we go. There's a way to have a moderator in the chat. Okay, got rid of him, whoever it was. It was just like whatever. So, okay, so let's ask a question again so I can tune in about the relationship. Can you give me initial or name, please? Yeah, it's basically, um, do you see him really being committed to me? Um, in a relationship, because he really, 
I know he has strong feelings for me, and you were talking about forgiveness. Yes. It's just a long story, well, but he does I have, feel, he feel the long-term Very strong thing. feelings for you, but there's a lot of transformation going on within. He gets very challenged or triggered by the connection is what it's showing. Okay. So let's see so, what's coming up. Yeah. You got to work within the limit. You got to work within the limitation. And if it's really something you want, you're going to have to just give it more time. Cause I definitely feel with this person, if you, if you push, you know, quote unquote, push or ask for more, um, He's very true, but it's a very powerful relationship for both of you is what it's showing. Yes. Yes. It's very transformative. Um, yes. But it is a deep, it is a, it is a deep connection. I mean, very like mental, emotional, spiritual, sexual. Yes. Um, yeah. It's very deep emotions. Let me ask what the back off with him is. Why is he... Do you feel like he's gonna we're gonna get together in the next year, like January, February, or anything? Okay, what, let me look, ask the what is his back off? What, why is he not going forward? In the what is his back off? Oh, self worth and money. Is he working a lot of, on money on career stuff? Yes, he's working a lot. Period. Yes. That's why. That's his whole thing right now. He can't see anything but that. Okay. That's what's going on. And that's okay. not going to change for a while. I, I would I would just leave it, date, when you can see him, date, and be open to other people. And see, because he's very focused on the finance. And he, he um, his financial situation is a lot of his self, his, his self-esteem is really tied up into the finance. Okay. So just focus that on sense? somebody else. Do you feel somebody else coming in? Anything in the next couple of months? Aquarius time. You you just need to get out and be around people and friends and have friends, and then from there you're going to get in a. Di- you know what? I'm like you're you're also one of the people that I feel is going through a, a big transformation and yes. a transmutation. There's something changing about your energy. Oh, no. Don't dim your light. That's what you're learning. So you need to be around more. Like people tell me I'm like a 220-watt bulb. Sometimes people can't handle that. Even if I'm not saying anything, I'm just relaxing and sitting there. You yes. need to be able to be around people that aren't challenged by that, that are the same high intensity or vibration. Yes. That you're just it's very still. open to life. Yes. Yeah, you're just very and open. And you know what's going on? Can I just share something? It's like hmm. I sense a lot of judgment. And I have, this is just a friend. This is not who I was just talking about. His name's Tom, and I just wrote a book. It just came out three weeks ago, and he's reading it. He's halfway through, and you could just feel it, his judgment on me. And he, the funny thing is, what I... The thing is, is, and you know this with energy, I'm just going to make one comment, but I think it, it applies to everyone, is that when you are your authentic self, there's nothing to prove, there's nothing to do, you are you, and it's enough. And if people yeah. can't see that, especially within this book, because it's, 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 uh, it's about my being, myself being legally blind and the whole journey of it, I'm still losing my vision, I have not lost all of my vision, all that stuff. 
and, and, and my own friends, so to speak, are completely looking at me like I have five heads. And the funny thing is, it's not what I used to do, is I used to just say, make their problems my problems. Like, oh, maybe am I too much? Did I say something wrong? No, I own it. Yeah. I meant every word that I said in the book, it's over 200 pages. People are going to think what they want to think. But all I know is that right. I love me and my authentic me. And if that's what's changing a lot, Good. even just my friends reading it. It's crazy. It's crazy, weird. Yeah. But the next the game will be you'll have less. Yeah, next game you'll have less people like that around you, so you don't even have to live through that contrast and notice that. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So I would focus on that if I was you, like just you know, just start expanding your circle so that you're attracting people that are you know more on that wavelength and. Yes. Living just as big and as authentic and expressing. I know what and, and, Yeah, that's what I feel. That, me. It's just like, I know we're human beings that we judge, like we, like we prefer vanilla ice cream versus chocolate, whatever. But in the, in, mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, it's like, you know how hard it is to be vulnerable, and on top of it, this disability, and I'm being vulnerable by being my authentic self. I don't think people understand that. Yeah. I really don't. It's mm-hmm. just, I sense judgment right away because it's a, it's a knowing. It's like the psychic thing, but it's the intuitive thing for me as well because I don't have the vision. So it's a feeling. Right. And it's something that they said. It's what they're, what, it's the feeling, and I trust that. Yeah. But it's just, it's just I'll, I'll well, let you go, just, but it's very odd. Just validate that you, that you see what you see or feel what you feel however that you're interpreting okay. that or hear what you hear, however it comes through and yes. just understand that. And just see, sometimes we just get information about people or situations and it's just like I was saying at the top of the program, it is what it is. It's not to yes. do anything, but to understand another person's limitation, perhaps due to their own wounding or conditioning or, or just the way they're formatted. But you yes. have to, I just feel in this month, it's a lot about just honoring that, owning up to that, that this is the way that it is. And yes, that's it. That that has to be okay, you know. Yes. yes. All right. Keep it so Take and, care. And, and yeah, you're I enough being you. Because I got what get. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. Thank you. You're so welcome. This is time for one more, and then our guest will be coming on. Hello, and welcome to the program. You're on air. Aloha. 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 How are you, Michelle? This is Zoe. Hey, Zoe. Hi. Hi. Yeah. Um, so I know last time we chatted, I have two quick little things. Last time we chatted, I'm out here in Bali, and I'm really, really stoked. I'm feeling a lot of healing energy and good stuff coming in. And um, he told me I'm going to meet definitely like uh, someone that does some energy work and I'm definitely feeling change and something coming in. I'm definitely feeling um, my time here is maybe needs to be longer. And um, mm-hmm. so I've been having really intense dreams. And on the weekend I had a dream where you and I were actually sitting at a table discussing things. And so every time I go deeper you know i'm resonating with what you're saying so Mm -hmm. much being a scorpio (laughs) every time i'm going deeper it's like 
it's like, yeah, it's like a really tapped into dream state, really tapped in to really seeing actual people. Normally I see different people and sometimes it's some people I know, but sometimes it's other people or energies coming through that need to say a message. But um, I've just been getting so disrupted by 3D, you know, people calling me at 3 a.m. or something really dramatic from the other side of the world that I have zero control over really from where I'm sitting. But um, I'm having a hard time because I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm having a I'm having a hard time because I'm like, okay, I'm really diving deep, you know, being a Scorpio, really diving yeah. deep into this other realm, really wanting to get in and be in this place of healing where there's not all this distraction. And it's just, mm-hmm. um, I know with Mercury and everything going on, yeah, it's like, uh, it's like a little dog biting at your ankles or something, you know, it's like, yeah. Hey, 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 well, hey, here, hey, hey, And I'm like, how do I not, I was, I how do I not separate? You. Well, bring it in. That's the, the meditation. It's not, I remember when I was in um, India in the ashram and there was uh, gardeners that were there and were in the meditation. And Gautamani <laughs> said, it's, 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 the meditation is not to get rid of that. You bring that in the meditation. Your meditation is the gardeners with the weed whacker and the blowers. Um, so I feel for you to bring it in. And I did talk about this in my video on YouTube, that the dream state is very active right now. People on the astral plane, connecting, telepathy, again, all that scorpionic, watery, you know, Pisces energy as well uh, has to do with that, but getting to that depth. So I feel for you, you're, you're about, if we say metaphysically, uh, you're about at that crossroads of that choice point where you start becoming a disciple on the path and then learning how to be an adept. So when we start learning how to be an adept, it's like we learn how everything is of spirit. Everything is spiritual. And how do I use this? You know, like I always say for people, yeah. like I, I'll have people say, oh, I can't meditate or I live in the city or, and I'll say like, well, when I lived in New York, I lived in London or I lived in Chicago some of my best meditations or meditation times are there, or, or even walking on the street being in a meditative state with hundreds of people crossing those streets, right? You have to be in a meditative yeah. state to cross the street and not bump into people. So I feel for you, you're starting to move into that where you're bringing it all into your experience, knowing how to balance it and manage it all, but how do I bring this into my spiritual experience, my learning lessons? How do I bring this in? All right, sweetie, got a scoot. I'm so glad to hear from you, and wonderful you're in Bali. I love it. Yeah, do you see me being here for a while longer? Because I'm feeling almost past January now. Well, I think that's up to you. I think that's not a psychic question. I think that depends on you, what you want or what you want to make happen. I think that's, yeah, I think that you're tapping into that, what's right for you on that one. Definitely. All right, All right. Can you keep us posted Lovely. on your travel. Okay. Thank Bye. you. Smoochies. Much peace. Woo, how wonderful. Okay, like I said at the top of the program, we will have Dr. Tara Swart on. And she is the author of The Source, The Secrets of the Universe, The Science of the Brain. Uh, Tara Swart is uh, MD, PhD. She's a neuroscientist, psychiatrist, and senior lecturer at MIT. Sloan School of Management. I've got to tell you, I'm holding the book right now in my hand, and I really do love her book. I've been. Hello, Tara. Hi, Michelle. How are you? 
I'm doing great. Is it Tara or Tara? Um, I prefer Tara, but I don't mind. Tara. Yeah, yeah, that's what I want to know because there's, yeah, people are different. Oh, um, wonderful. I've actually been listening with interest because I am Scorpio rising. So I think some of what you've been saying. Oh, you are. <laughs> oh. So yeah. this should really be affecting you, right? Have you been feeling more intuitive, open, dreams, just getting to the depth, have, deeper? I've been, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I get a year chart done so that I, you know, can, I get some help with what to expect when they're really difficult planetary movements and things. So I was expecting some upheaval, but I have been seeing signs yeah. everywhere. Um, and Luckily, I'm tapped into that, so I, you know, I, I notice it and I try to understand it. But I think it can be very confusing if you're not, you know, understanding right? what yeah. that means. Yeah. Exactly. That's it's so good to get the, um, you know, updates, and then if you are tapped into it, then you're seeing the signs and listening. And I think so many of these transits are about that, getting you know more of that reality into everyone's life. Eventually, probably the mainstream, like. There are signs, symbols, messages. Follow those. You know, look for them. Follow them. Oh, I got to tell you, by the way, um, Tara, I'm so loving your book. Um, where am I at right Thank now? Not the visualization part. Create your future. Yes. Um, I love that you bring this science, like the science of manifestation, and even what parts of the brain are you. That I found fascinating. Um, I don't remember exactly where I read that, but. This um, so so before diving in because I'm so excited uh, to have you on the program. <laughs> if you'd share with our listeners, yeah, just a little bit about your background and perhaps your first awakening and then awakening to write this book. Because I would say feel if people have written books or there seems to always be like this turning point with maybe sometimes some mm. interest or natural intuition or something awakening on a path and then there seems to be this quantum leap this deepening which i definitely feel like you by just reading your book the way that you synthesize it all together i mean it's just amazing oh thank you so much for saying that but i have to say that actually writing it and then experiencing the reaction to it has probably been even more of an awakening to me than than what took me into writing it in the first place yeah, yeah. So it's it's been ama- it's become something much bigger than I could even have dreamt. To use your words. Um, yeah. So, sorry, go on. Well, no, I was going to say, and it's written in a way that's easy to read, but you're still getting the science. So I had a friend of mine saw me reading it. And I said, oh, she's going to be on the show today, and she's like, oh, let me see the book. She goes, is it he- is it difficult? I said, no, it's not heavy. I go, but you're going to get good information in there. You know, and I like how you break it just emotion because this is my pet peeve. Emotionally intelligent or having connection to your emotions isn't being emotional. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I love all these. Right. So I'm really curious is how did you come about to write this book? I mean, what was the impetus? Well, I, the impetus is really my whole life. I mean, looking back, you know, I grew up in mm-hmm. London in the UK with first-generation immigrant Indian parents. And so yoga and meditation and Kriya breathing and a vegetarian Ayurvedic diet and incense sticks and deities, that mm. was all completely normal at home. Um, and, you know, my mm. birth chart was made the second that I was born in India. 
I was born in England, oh, but, you know, the date and time was sent off immediately, and my life chart was, was made. And it was written in an Indian language, so I could never understand it. So as a child, I'd always say, Daddy, Daddy, tell me what's going to happen to me when I grow up. <laughs> um, you know, he'd tell me a few things. And then I was about 40 when I actually um, had it done in the UK for myself. And I was really amazed at how many similarities there were to the things that my father had told me growing up. And it made me think that I'd always kind of written that off as a, you know, to do with my culture and not really to do with the way that I wanted to live my life as a teenager growing up in London. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought it was an, an Indian thing or a Hindu thing. And, you know, I kept it very separate. I wasn't really sure if I believed in it. Um, I was fascinated by it, but I wasn't sure how it sat with the fact that I was learning math and science at school and planning to go to med school. And, you know, I just, someone described mm. me as a bridge during my childhood because I had two, you know, very different poles that I kept separate. And I think it was only when I had a personal and professional crisis in my own life that I had to draw on both of those things to navigate that crisis. And understanding how your brain works, understanding psychology and emotions obviously helped me, but that was the time that things like astrology, crystals, journaling, Reiki, healing, that all of that really came to the fore for me. And I started to be able to mesh those things together rather than think of them as two separate things. Mm. And that is what I like about your book. I mean, there's a few things, but that particularly really struck me is the how you were able to blend them together and make sense to help others make sense of, okay, this is not just necessarily placebo, which is fine if it is, but there's really some science behind this. Um, yeah. So, um, so did you see that um, when you went through this trial, which this, um, what was its turning point when you were going through that? You, it sounds were you studying or had you already got your MD or PhD? Had you already did the advanced um, training, advanced degrees, and were in that world? You know, already in a career of that. Yeah, yeah. Or were absolutely. you still studying? No, I'd been I'd been at university for nine years. I had my MD, I had my PhD. I was working as a doctor. I was in my mid thirties, um, so I'd been a doctor for about seven years, practicing in psychiatry. You know, I see the absolute lowest points of human distress, um, people that no longer want to live, people that tried to take their own life, people that felt completely disconnected and depressed and, um, you know, were experiencing their own brain letting them down and playing tricks on them. And, you know, mm-hmm. life is extremely confusing. Um, and I could see how... It, they, you know, it was just too overwhelming to cope with. And I, you know, I mean, I went through a divorce and a career change. Looking back, that doesn't sound like the worst thing in the world, but it was overwhelming at the time. And I thought, I can see how somebody could end up on a psychiatric ward, but I know what I need to do to, ha- to help myself to go through this process, you know, the grief curve or the change curve, whatever you like to call it. Um, I think mm-hmm. I'd already, there was already the, seed growing in my brain that the science and spirituality connected but I saw it in a kind of epiphany type way at that time when I really needed to draw on it Um, but everything that I wanted to turn to on the spiritual side all the reading that I did about Buddhism and Hinduism and 
you know, the, the things like union psychology, how that was really backed up by, you know, the physiology of what changes in your brain and your body when you're under a lot of stress. Um, and I started to see connections between the chakras and the main glands in the bodies and, um, you know, it just sort of all really came together. And that's when I thought everybody needs to know this. And writing a book felt like the best way to get that insight um, to as many people as possible. Mm. Makes sense. Now, and you talked about, um, well, a couple of things also that hit me was the neuroplasticity, the elasticity of mm. the brain. Mm. And if you can touch on that a bit, and what are the implications of that for all of us, let's say, that are wanting to, you know, change patterns, that's really big, you know, especially the last 10, 11 years, but it's really gained more traction where people are recognizing, well, I'm not my pattern. I can change. This is not who I am. Um, and that whole idea of learning. So what does that essentially mean for us that are wanting to make meaningful change in our life to have more, you know, health, peace, love in our life? Yeah, well, I mean, essentially your brain is, the condition of your brain, both the physical condition and the way that you use it to think, determines, I would say, many, if not all, the factors that are in your life. And so mm-hmm. knowing that there are entrenched pathways in, in our brains, both individually but as a sort of universal as well, so, you know, there are very entrenched pathways from when we lived in cave times and tribes that means that we still tend to recognize people based on things like skin color and hair texture and eye shape and things like that. Um, we're able to override those what we now call biases, but they are, you know, they've been wired into human brains for millennia. Equally, we all have things that, you know, from our experience in utero, our experience with young children, the family we grew up in, the environment um, that we were surrounded by at home, at school, in our communities, and, you know, if you want to take it further back into past lives, then potentially that as well, has, just because they've been there for a long time, has, have built up thicker pathways in our brains. And then in adulthood, the relationships we've had, you mentioned toxic relationships earlier, good relationships, bad relationships, um, just all the different types of people that we've met, all of these things mold and shape our brains on a continual basis. Um, that process is less active and more passive as we get older, like 25 plus. Um, but I sort of feel like, you know, do you want to just live life on autopilot and let every experience that you have mold and shape your brain? Or would you like to be the architect of your brain so that you choose what you mm. expose it to? You choose how toxic a relationship you stay in. You choose how long you stay in a country that you've gone to visit. And equally, that you then build up your brain to become more resilient, more intuitive, more empathic. And in that way, you create the future that you desire by shaping your brain to think in a certain way and, and to, to overwrite patterns that haven't worked for you, that have been barriers to you having you know, success, if you like. But by success, I mean, is your life panning out exactly as you always dreamed it would? Or are there areas that are not exactly how you would like them to be? Um, and it's not about trying to control everything. I believe massively in needing space for magic to happen. I believe in looking at the signs and responding to what they mean. But I do believe there's a greater degree of control that we can all take over our brains and our lives than we've ever believed before. 
because of this research that comes from very sophisticated scanning techniques. And that's exciting. Mm. It is very exciting. So, Tara, is it, essentially you're saying so every experience we have is affecting the brain, right, then creating these, I guess, pathways in a sense, neural pathways of expectation by what we're having. Also, I would imagine tolerance even on a biochemical or hormonal level. Like if we're under mm-hmm. a lot of stress, then we get used to living with that biochemical, let's say, mm-hmm. environment within us. So let, let's say with knowing that, and now we have this idea, okay, I want to live differently, um, you know, more peace, more calm. Is the cha- Essentially what you're saying is, is going to be changing us biochemically as well then, is going to be changing with the hormone balance or biochemical, you know, releasing the, the stress levels or bringing the endorphins up. Is all of that also part of the, the brain changes? Is all is are each I guess affecting each other? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things here that you've touched on which are really important. So, every psychological, emotional, spiritual, you know, event or process has a biological correlate. So, you know, when you have an epiphany, when you feel stressed, when you are taking a risk, um, there's a you know a biological, either a hormonal or a neuronal. Um, correlation that's going along with so there's something that goes along with that at the same time to create that experience um and it goes both ways it's not that the biology creates the psychology or the other way around it's 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 mutual um but also i think you know something about the way that you're you know you're obviously obviously read the book you're obviously very well informed but, but just there's a little implicit thing in that question which is about the, the brain body connection so, mm-hmm. you know, something I'm really passionate about, um, you know, speaking with you and your listeners about is that there is no cutoff at the neck. The, the brain mm. and the mind are embodied mm-hmm. throughout. And so, you know, mm-hmm. if you have a, a mental or emotional experience, um, it, the, the consequences of that cascade throughout your entire body. It's not just that because you have a mental experience that there's a hormone that changes in your brain. It's, you know, the brain and the spinal cord and, the, and the, all the nerves, they're spread throughout the entire body. And so there's a cascade effect on your entire body. I mean, for example, your adrenal glands, which are above your kidneys and below lower back, register risk before you're consciously aware of it. You know, that can be an explanation mm. for the, the goosebumps or the hair standing up on end on your arm that you get when you have a psychic insight. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's a lot more complex and dynamic than we've ever known before, but it's really fair yeah. to say that it's much more interconnected than we ever thought before. Mm-hmm. Which I think is good for people to know because it does show, which we know intellectually, but I think to really get it and live it on an emotional level, a kinesthetic, or that we are being, whatever we are exposed to or exposing ourselves to is affecting us. There is this, you know, I guess that's the interconnection, but it sounds like by what you're saying, your book, other authors we've had on the show that it's much more maybe being brought into the fabric of our reality. Like it's not like, Oh, that's a nice little concept that I read about, you know, it's like, no, this is really happening. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's happening to you in, in your lifetime. And I, I always, you know, you're making mm-hmm. me think of an analogy that I really like, which is imagine you won the lottery and you could have the, 
you know, extremely amazing dream home that you could ever wish for. Would you furnish that dream home with cheap, ugly furniture? Probably not. Mm. Would you allow people mm. to walk inside it with muddy shoes and trash it? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But if we think about our minds and our souls and what we let other people or what we, you know, and what we do to our own minds, bodies and souls, it's not in keeping with how we would treat our dream home. And so I think this idea of neuroplasticity and how much our brain changes due to what it's exposed to makes me feel like, you know, your, your mind, your brain, you, we should treat that like our dream home. We should keep it clean. We should spring mm. clean it. We should furnish it beautifully. Mm-hmm. We should, you know, only invite people that really appreciate it into it. But we don't. Mm-hmm. And this reminds me, so this, by doing this also, then you're changing the cells, what's encoded within the cells, right? How the new information is going to be housed, which I would imagine then changes or has the potential to change one's inner environment, let's say cellular level, organs, in other words, health, our wellness. If, you're, if we're housing things, as you say, within us that are very nurturing and kind and the people, that's going to, you know, impact us in a life-enhancing way, I would imagine, yeah, cellularly I mean, as well as externally. Yeah, you're hinting at a field called epigenetics, which is the influence of the environment on our genes. And the way mm-hmm. I like to explain that is if you think of a, an old-fashioned shoelace with the little plastic bits at the end, if you mm-hmm. um, focus on good lifestyle habits like sleep and you know nutrition-dense food and drinking lots of water and um, you know being mobile enough and bringing some mindfulness and simplicity into your life, then you keep those plastic ends of the shoelace neat and intact. If you smoke, if you eat junk food, if you are in your toxic relationship. Um, if you, you know, just never switch off and relax and you're stressed all the time, then you have shoelaces that have become frayed at the end. And that means that, you know, bacteria mm. can get into the ends, that, you know, they wear out and they stop working. And that's basically what epigenetics is about, which is that when you um, take part in certain lifestyle factors, good or bad, you switch on and off the expression of your genes. So we all have a genotype and a phenotype, and that's what the genotype is what's encoded in our genes, and the phenotype is the part that we express. And so, you know, at this stage of our lives, whatever age we are, we don't have exactly the same genes that we were born with because they've changed as a result of our lifestyle. And, for example, our Uh parents, yeah, we don't inherit what they were born with. We inherit what they've done with their genes by the time they conceive us. So... You know, I mean, in a way, it's quite terrifying. Mm. It's such a massive responsibility. But I like to think of it the other way yeah. and think there are things that we can do to bring out the best in ourselves, to, you know, sort of prevent disease, to um, reach our potential, to um, combat, you know, some of the things that we've done when we were younger or, you know, when um, we were going through a bad time of our life. So it's just... You, you keep bringing me back, interestingly, to this idea that it's much more dynamic and interconnected than we ever thought before, and that really, I think, deserves some thought and some reflection. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I do as well. I think that, and your book so wonderfully highlights that. I think it brings it, um, it doesn't simplify the way, I don't know, the way that you speak it in the book makes it much more, I guess, tangible to actually start incorporating. Because I feel some of these concepts, so many people, we know we know this, mm. but it stays somehow more um, theoretical. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I think people that it, do, yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, you're kind of, you're saying what I've experienced, which is a lot of people who aren't particularly scientific at all, have come up to me and said, because of the science in the book, which was written in a way I could understand, I feel compelled to do the exercises. You know, like you said, lots of people know yeah. straight through a vision board or keep a journal, but they don't always do it. You know, and even I don't always do it. And when I was 30 and I was traveling around the world with my then husband and I had a career as an MD, I read the master key system, but I didn't do any of the exercises. But I remember thinking, I might need to do them one day, so I need to remember the name of this book, um, you know, which is probably, mm. you know, was at least intuitive, if not scientific. Um, mm-hmm. So fast forward five years, and um, I remember the book because I need it. You know, my life essentially fallen mm-hmm. apart. Uh, not ever going to be how it was again. I have no idea what it's going to be like. Um, and I realized that the only thing I can do is, is try to gain some mastery over my own emotions and my own intuition and my own ability to create the life that I would actually want. Um, So for six months, every single week, I did the exercises in that book, and it was absolutely life-changing. And at the end of that, I thought, this was, you know, amazing. But if there was a book like this that was secular, that was non-judgmental, that was backed up by science, that would be the ideal. And I think as I mm-hmm. went through that thought process, I realized that I could write that book. And that's really probably, you know, the, one of the awakenings that I had. Hmm. Profound. One of the things, um, and as a uh, hypnotherapist working, you know, medically and different, alchemically, different types of studying hypnotherapy, what I was, what I didn't know, which I found was very interesting, um, mm-hmm. you talk about how, like, the science between, behind visualization, which I was like, what? <laughs> when you talk about the abstract thinking, if you could touch yeah. on that, I found that so, not only, prof- I don't know, it shocked me. I was like, oh, my God, there's a, it, that's, there's a reason also it works. It's not just like, well, fairy dust, somehow I just focus on something, but... <laughs> that you're actually using a certain part of the brain. Yeah, I just found the correlation to the brain, to visualizing, was very interesting. Tammy in the chat's pretty profound is right. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to hear you say that you didn't know that, because when I have hypnotherapy from a friend of mine, he actually, maybe because I'm a neuroscientist, he sort of told me how it works and how it gets to your subconscious. He basically said we... We distract the guardian of the gate to your subconscious, and um, you know that allows us to access and, and you know give some messages to your subconscious. And I, 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 know, I, like I know, that, yeah. You know. I like yeah. that. I um, know that. But the whole idea of the abstract thinking, like using that, because the abstract thinking you could be using for doubt and fear too. But that there's actually, like I know about the subconscious. Yeah, we you know bring the, hmm. the 
you know, surface mind or put that, that recedes with, you know, that's mm-hmm. what you do mm-hmm. with the, actually in the meditative state and bringing up, to, you know, that. But when you were talking about the abstract thinking, I don't remember exactly because I've read this a bit ago when I, that part. Um, do you but mean I found the, it interesting um, that there was. Do you mean the, the selective attention um, and filtering and then the value tagging? Yes. Yes, yeah. Yes, that was okay. part of it. Yes, yes. yes. So basically, um, because we're bombarded with so much information all the time, like everything we see, everything we hear, everything we smell, every memory we recall, the brain naturally has to filter out some of that stuff. And it, so it, there's a process is called selective filtering and selective attention. So you then pay attention to what's left, and the value tagging process is tagging that in order of importance. Now, usually, for most people, that's just getting through a day. It's doing the day job, putting food on the table. It's, you know, keeping your family intact. So we don't always have enough time to step back and think about, you know, what would my life look like that's if it was the best life that I could possibly have? You know, what do I really want to, you know, manifest by the end of a year? And so if we... If we um, create a vision board and or we visualize things that we really desire becoming true, then we prime our brain to notice and grasp opportunities that might otherwise have passed us by. And it we're particularly suggestible in the state of going from being awake to falling asleep. So, you know, what you visualize lasting at night before you fall asleep has an extremely powerful effect on your brain. And it means that the next day, and if you, you know, have a regular practice, then on a daily basis, you're just more likely to notice the signs, you know, the signs that we started talking about at the beginning. And because they're there, but if we're in a rush and we're just, you know, trying to pay the bills and have some kind of, you know, a modicum of work-life balance, then we don't notice them. Um, so it's really about setting an intention, visualizing it, and believing that it becomes true. And then, you know, mm-hmm. making action as well to, to try to create that in the real world, not just sitting and waiting for a fantasy to come true, but actually doing things that move us in the right direction. Um, if you've made that kind of effort, if you have what I call magnetic desire, which is a, you know, really strong emotion connected to the thing that you want, and you're patient, and it's in harmony with what's right for the universe, not just you, then... Mm-hmm. You know, our brains are these amazing organs that can create that outcome for us. And it just depends on understanding mm-hmm. a bit more about how your brain works. And that's why, you know, I'm so passionate about getting this message out there. Yeah, I was much more likely to do it. And even, hmm? Well, I think without the brain science, it, it, it's asking people to have blind faith. And what, you know, I'm asking in the book is have faith yeah. based on science. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you even talked about how the limbic system has a decided mm-hmm. part of the brain. It's in what we should retain, which is also tying in the emotions, which I was very happy to see that you ta- talked about emotions, you know, and even when you just mentioned now magnetic desire, there's a, you know, emotional component. Yeah. To, to me, it really gives the tools that people can harness this energy, but, but you're knowing more of what you're doing rather than for some reason this works. You know, it's like, no, you, there's a reason. Yeah, and, you know, I felt like, you, you know, you're in a very privileged position with the gifts that you have and the radio show that you have. 
I'm in a privileged position because I have an MD and a PhD in neuroscience and I'm faculty at MIT. And if I say that emotions aren't bad, then people listen a bit differently to the usual, usually logical and not emotional kind of thing. Um, So I've really taken that privilege and I've said quite forthrightly, which I didn't dare to do for about 10 years, I've really only been saying this for the last few years, that logic has been massively overrated in, in modern society and that we've demoted the very things that created us as the most successful animal on the planet our emotional instincts, our intuition, um, our ability to empathize and be compassionate. Um, these things actually set us apart from other animals, whereas we've somehow decided that because we can speak and we can give each other direct messages and we think we can predict the future, but you know, apart from people like you, we actually are not very good at doing that. Um, but logic is the only thing that matters. And I, I, I find that tragic and also wrong um and i feel like you know i have access to the research and the and the scanning technologies that can demonstrate that every single decision that we make is biased by emotion by the time data even reaches Mm. the outer cortex of the brain it's already been filtered by the limbic system it's impossible to make a decision that's not biased by emotion so it's time we stop saying I might be emotional when I'm at home with my kids or I'm watching or playing sports, but I'm not emotional at work because it's simply not true. Hmm. It's, what suggestion would you take? Because I, I like what you were saying earlier, like looking at your, you know, your life, um, you know, what you have, would you put that analogy? What, what would you put in that, that amazing house? But hmm. also for people that we touched on this briefly with like repatterning or looking at what you have, possibly mm. reframing the circumstances. Because people get to certain, and it could be young, it could be all ages, but especially certain period of time in life where you look around and you say, well, I, I, you know, I wish I had this, or I thought this was going to happen, or I really want this. Mm. How do people start right, making those changes or harnessing, turning things around when they've gotten to a certain level and maybe do not have the success or they want to just change perhaps how they're living. Yeah, actually it reminded me of something that I was thinking about earlier and then we, um, you know, we, we went down a certain part in the conversation, but I'm really glad you brought me back there, which is there are a couple of exercises quite early on in the book. And one is called um, Family Ghosts. And it asks people to mm. take some time and write in their journal about the roles and boundaries and expectations and values and secrets that were in their family that shaped them into the person that they are today. So, you know, if there was like, you know, a sort of an uncle who was a drunk that nobody ever talked about, well, that needs to be written down and assessed for what influence it's had on what you don't talk about today that you actually should talk about. Um, you know, a really big insight for me was what are you still fighting for that you actually no longer need to fight for? So, you know, we all have roles in our family. Um, some some families had very strict boundaries. Some families had very lax boundaries. And, you know, how did you feel about that growing up? How similar or different are you to that now? So it's, it's working through those specifically. Mm-hmm. And then I quoted some research from Harvard called Immunity to Change. And, you know, this is the research that's based on things like when people have had a heart attack and they know that they have to take certain medications for the rest of their life, they still don't. And I think, 
you know, what you were hinting at more is, you know, where you say somebody's got to a stage in their life where they say, well, I haven't got the things that I expected by now. You know, I know a lot of women in their late 30s and early 40s who say that they really want to have a family, but mm-hmm. they choose a lifestyle that's not conducive to meeting somebody that they can settle down with. They don't take, they don't mm-hmm. eat healthily and take the supplements that would, that would prepare their body for pregnancy. And so, you know, like rather than taking the supplements, they may be drink too much alcohol because they feel really depressed that they haven't met anybody yet and that, you know, the biological clock is ticking. So this is really about saying that whatever you can do that's in your control to put yourself on the path that you wish to be on, if you're not doing those things, then you need to delve into why. And either do you really want those things or is there a reason that you're sabotaging yourself? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I do believe in in tarot and healers as part of that journey, but at some point we all have to take responsibility for ourselves and really ask ourselves why we're not doing the things that we say we want to be doing. Um, and, you know, that is the hard part that nobody likes going through. I didn't like going through it myself. But if you go through it, if you choose that pain, like you said earlier in the show, then you can come out of it like a butterfly from a caterpillar. But if you choose to avoid mm-hmm. that pain, then you will never come out of it. You will be in pain for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, it, you know, a kind of low-grade pain that doesn't, you know, it's not acute, but it's there all the time. But actually to push yourself through that acute phase of pain, that's where you can have awakening. Mm. And that's where we always need support, whether it's a program, a show, a book, a person, some something. There's some inspiration. Um, and part of what I'm hearing you say is to ask for that. We can program to receive that, that, that inspiration or guidance or those messages. We can program ourselves to not only, you know, have it delivered to but to begin to see that and, you know, respond accordingly. Yeah, I, do. I believe that, you know, being vulnerable, asking for help is definitely part of that. You know, that's, it's almost part of the pain because we don't want to do that. It's been, it feels like it's associated with failure that I couldn't manage it all myself. Um, again, it's been a big learning for me, but I have no issues asking for help now. I think it's, you know, a really important part of the journey. Um, I've probably become too good at it, but, you know, that's... <laughs> These are okay, or I'll have to have a look at that at some point. But, you know, I think what I see more of is people who are in pain that won't ask for help. So I think you're absolutely right that we do need to, to reach out, whether it's to a mentor, a friend, yeah. a family member, a therapist, you know, a healer, um, to get, yeah. to push us through. Yeah, we can't do everything by ourselves. We're not, we're not meant to. We're meant to be part of, you know, a community or a collective. So, yeah, I love that. Yeah. And do the exercises in the book. <laughs> They're there for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it Not don't do them five years later. That's right. <laughs> do them now. Oh, Tara, this has been great. Um, love to have you back anytime. Do a part two. I love what you're doing. Your book is just amazing. I've, it's such a great read, but a useful tool as well. And it's fun. I actually have, I have fun reading the um reading it. I guess it's because I'm learning, you know, something new, but also the way that it's written, it's not so heavy. It's, it's Thanks, kind of Thanks for saying that. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people say, like, is it a neuroscience book? And it's not. And that's one of the reasons that we chose the title, the source, and the, the beautiful cover 
to you know to show mm-hmm. that it's it's not a heavy scientific book. It it's really, you know somebody said to you today actually it's a manual to unlock your whole mind. Um, and I love that. Yeah. So yeah. Well put. It's a manual. Thank you, Tara, for being on the program. So appreciate you taking the time. Really do. Thank, Thank you. you so much. I really appreciate you having me on the program. Thank you so so much. Take good care. All right, everyone, that was Tara Stort. Uh, the book is The Source, The Secrets of the Universe, The Science of the Brain. And I got to tell you, really, um, really great book. I get a lot of books, and this one I was in the pile, and I'm like, ooh, that looks good. Let's tap into Source, Source Energy. So anyway, really good manual. Uh, if you want any more information on what I have got going on, you can go to soulplayground.life. Come join me, hang out on my YouTube channel, uh, get your videos, watch your videos, join me on Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter, and let's just keep in touch, okay? Bob Payne, thank you, Michelle Tart. You're so welcome. Thank you, everyone, that um, really just co-created today's show in the chat, the phone lines, those of you that are listening later, those of you that email questions in, all so helpful and inspiring. So I'll see you next week. Until then, continue to shine your light, share your insights, and of course, keep awake. Awakenings broadcast every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific time. Archive shows available on iTunes. For continued awakened conversations and insights, join the Awakenings Group on Facebook. And check out Michelle's blog at soulplayground.com. And keep awake. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.